It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here on the show today. My favorite lawyer, Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal, attorney for workers and consumers alike, selected as one of, top, one of the top attorneys in Southern California. Also in 2017, Norm was inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in the area of employment law and consumer protection. Norm Blumenthal has been a regular cons- uh, contributor here on Money for Lunch for several years and probably one of the uh, what do you call it? Uh, one of one of our favorite people. Uh, we get uh, all sorts of positive co- uh, comments, and uh, and uh, Norm kind of shoots it straight. Um, always good to have him here. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. Nice to be back, Bert. Always a pleasure. And what I've been thinking about this week, and I think we should talk about, is the future of our children and grandchildren. I might say, uh, what are they? What's the next generation going to do? Uh, we don't want to leave them here with just uh, all they do is uh, get a check each uh, month and uh, spend it. That's not going to do, give them a, a great life. Uh, we need to give them jobs and, and a future and things to do. So I, I was thinking back when I was uh, in like third or fourth grade and um, the Russians just put Sputnik up. Mm. And um, the President Eisenhower, that time it really goes back to the 50s, they, we were pretty freaked out in this country about uh, the race for space and uh, how far behind we had fallen in both uh, rocket telemetry and uh, our ability to, to get some kind of space capsule up there. And the president, what he did was, the interesting part is um, – he started with the schools, and he said, you know, we have to teach more technology. We need more engineers. We need more people to work uh, on this, and we need people on the ground that are going to build these rockets and um, and machinery to, to send us into space. So, and, and by the same token, he, you know, put in the uh, um, interstate highway system, I'm sure, most people out there don't remember the time when all the roads were, you know, one one lane going each way, and there was no interstate highway in this country. It, it didn't start until Eisenhower uh, started the inter- interstate highway system, which took took years to be build, but employed a lot of people and got a lot of jobs. And the entire uh, country now runs on the interstate. So these are the things that uh, we have to look look forward to today. So the question is, what are our kids going to do tomorrow? Um, where are the kids in school today? What are they going to learn? And those that don't want to go to college, uh, what are they going to do? So right. It, well, you and, know, and, and, I, and, I, and I want to say this real quick, and I, I, I apologize sure. for cutting you off. Uh, but I like the fact that you pointed out, hey, you know, that, uh, that Eisenhower started – making the, these changes. And, and I think that, you know, uh, when I hear people, when I hear parents specifically say, you know, uh, I don't know what our future is going to be like for our children or our grandchildren, you know, a lot of that is 
on us, right? I mean, it's, it's on us as parents and as grandparents to set our kids up for success. And, and again, it could be pushing, uh, what do you call it, more math and technology, um, helping our kids to learn how to set and achieve goals. Uh, but sometimes, you know, uh, some parents want their children to be successful, but they don't, they, they don't set their kids up for success. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense, uh, and and that that's a, a key point uh, that I want to make is that the uh, parents themselves have the obligation. To, you know, the money that's now going to be spent on uh, child support that uh, each uh, parent's going to get to uh, help pay for their uh, children's um, well-being, it's going to go out in the in the neck in this this the stimulus package that passed. Um, there, there's a responsibility for that. Uh, but the first point I wanted to make was Eisenhower got the ball rolling, but every president and Congress after that, Kennedy and, and Johnson and, and Nixon, uh, Reagan, Carter, all the way through up until, um, un- unfortunately, uh, President Obama when we got into this adversary system. And we can't be successful in this country when we have people fighting each other uh, in Congress uh, and, in, and creating this stalemate that we have today um, in, in Congress. And th- that's a recipe for failure. Because right now we're really in a, um, a, ra- a technology race with China. And, you know, let's, it, and it's, it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, we want to have the best technology. We want to uh, be the first to put automated cars on the road. We want to be the first to, to get rid of the uh, uh, gasoline-powered engines. We want to be the first uh, to to have all of these uh, uh, future um, uh, uh, technology in place. And China does too. So really, it's time for Americans to get together. And to uh, be as one moving forward uh, from a political standpoint, it shouldn't matter which parties in, in op- party is in office. The recipe should be we want success regardless of who's in office. And, you know, it's not, well, you want success, and so we're going to vote against it. This is where we are now. It's just an adversary system to be an adversary system. And we have to stop this bickering back and forth where, you know, uh, Republicans are bad and Democrats are good or Republicans are good and Democrats are bad. We're all in this together. So how do we yeah. make it work? That's a, well, that's an excellent it, question. And, and, and the, I, I just want to talk about this thing that you touched on because I totally agree on it. Look, there are times that we have an actual, let's say, conflict, hey, you know, uh, and of course, uh, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, a an intelligent debate. But I think that what we're seeing now, to your point, is that if no, no matter how good, no matter how good the initiative is, if the Republicans come up with a good idea, the Democrats seem, you know, will shoot it down or. And, and vice versa. If the Democrats have a good idea, the 
Republicans are shoot it down. And, and like you said, we're, we're not, we're not going to progress if people are bickering and causing conflict out of spite. And that's what it comes across a lot of the times. So they're just doing it out of spite. And it's, you know, if you win, I lose. If I win, you right. lose. And it's really if we need to win together. And, you know, I was, when I first started, and, and so let's talk about how we incentivize our children and our parents, uh, uh, the parents of these children, to keep them in school, to at least get all the basic education that they need, starting from preschool through uh, the graduating high school. And then from there, it's, you know, kind of the, they have to decide what they're going to do. But when I was um, in law school, I started out um, in order to help pay my way. Um, I, I went to school at night, and I substitute taught in the Chicago public school system, which you can only imagine, you know, it's it's not a very conducive place for learning. But uh, And as a substitute, you can only imagine <laughs> what what happened to me. So you know, I was making a grand total of thirty-five dollars a day to to go to the you know South Side of Chicago and Cabrini Green and, and places like that to teach, and I learned that uh, being there, that what worked was incentivizing the kids to learn. So what I did in the morning was I said, okay, in the afternoon after lunch we're going to have a, a spelling test and a math test. And the winner of the uh, test best score will get a dollar, each of you. A dollar then was a lot of money. And so it, it, it was amazing how much the, the, the students, the kids, were into something like that. And, you know, there, there was something for it in the afternoon after we, we finished grading the test. You know, we'll play a little music at the end of the day. So I was able to work my way through that system. And we need something like that. The first thing is, is you, the kid gets up in the morning and wants to go to school. Well, why does he want to go to school? Because he's going to get a nice breakfast, you know, some cereal and, and some uh, milk and some uh, granola bars, whatever it's going to be for, for breakfast. He's going to get a hot lunch, you know, some type of, uh, of burger, you know, veggie burger, cheese, you know, chicken burger, hamburger, some, some hot meal for right. his lunch and then you know to go home another uh, some more milk and and uh, some type of cracker so you know that the the, the child's not going to be hungry you can't learn when you're hungry and there's going to be kids that don't show up now the ones that don't show up that's a red flag and that's the one that where you know there has to be a social safety net where they go out and visit the parents why isn't your child in school and what can we do to help and how can we make it better and and so you're going to have a, a system where it's, there's, there's red flags for people that need extra help and there's incentives for people to show up at school. And, um, and food, of course, is, is always a good incentive and good food uh, is conducive for good learning. And then today in our technology, instead of having using the best of the best to teach these courses, via um, uh, uh, the Internet, you know, every teacher is, is co more or less has a lesson plan and is on their own. That, doesn't, that really doesn't work anymore, not when you have this technology where you can have the best teachers in the country uh, teaching every student, you know, skills. Right. And, and, 
and the teachers themselves can learn from the, the teaching of these of these uh, really great teachers and and help the students through this course system so that we can have this wonderful learning experience. So that's that's the concept of of, of you know in, in the broadest sense of making our schools more receptive for students. Yes, and you know one of the things. Uh, one of the, I think, blessings, benefits, whatever you want to call it, surprises out of COVID. And again, we know that we've had almost a million people lose their lives, uh, you know, and, and things are starting to turn around. And, and I'm not trying to make light of, of, of some of the people who have suffered tremendous loss. But one of the great uh, surprises, I think, from COVID is the fact that our students, our children can learn from, uh, you know, from, from an online situation, uh, whether it's Zoom or whatever you use, but they can learn from home. And, and I think that, that uh, some of the teachers have been inspired or at least woken up to the fact that they can teach a little bit out of the box. Uh, you know, and, and I think that one of the things that I personally am pushing to change is the fact that we are kind of stuck in the sense that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, everybody gets the same lesson or um, how do I phrase it? Uh, you get the same subjects and that's fine to an extent. But, you know, if you are gifted in math and science, then as a student, you should be allowed to have as much math and science as your little brain can handle. Now, if you are gifted in writing or gifted in some other areas, then those subjects should be uh, uh, given liberally to you because that's most likely what you're going to use the most of. I think where there's a flaw in our current education system is that it is, it is uh, created – Number one for the masses, which I understand. Hey, that that worked. A few, you know, whatever it was, fifty years ago. I think that's got to change. Second of all, uh, you and I have talked about this before. There's this massive, almost uh, prop propaganda-like mentality that you must go to college. Well, not everybody wants to go to college. College is not for everybody. If you are, let's say. Uh, mechanically inclined, you have great dexterity, you, you like taking stuff apart and putting it together, maybe college might be for you if you want to take that, that curiosity and that skill set and go into one of the engineering, uh, uh, we call it, uh, disciplines. Uh, you know, I, I think Elon Musk was that way. He loved tinkering with stuff. And, 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 However, maybe you want to have your own shop. Maybe you want to uh, – you like working on motors, and so college isn't necessarily for you. Maybe the military might be better. Maybe you want to work on some big, you know, mechanical things. Um, maybe you want to work on diesel trucks. Maybe you just want – you know, you, you, you just want to uh, – uh, what do you call it? Work on cars. But my point being is college is not necessarily – the way for this individual to go. 
Yeah, there's no question about that. It, you know, and and there's, right now these junior colleges are much more receptive to uh, different trades, and um, and school itself is is getting to be more receptive. I know my grandchildren; they they study great artists. You know, they spend the uh, time doing that, and so maybe somebody is feels gifted in art or gifted in music, and th- those those uh, gifts will show up in the system. And when those gifts show up, the, the responsibility of the system is to to say, okay, this this fellow, this uh, gal has has a gift, and we have to uh, recognize it and be able to nurture that, um, so that we can have more creativity. The good thing we have in our uh, system, where we can be superior to the, to the Chinese, is we have creativity. The Chinese system does, is not conducive for, for creativity uh, like the U.S. system. And we allow our, our children and our, the people that live here to, to go out and, and take risks and to, uh, to expand. You know, our capitalist system is, is built on those, those premises. So it's going to be, and it doesn't mean everybody needs to be in college. There's no question about that. It, it's not for everybody, but everybody needs a basic education. And yeah, so starting yeah. with preschool through 12th grade, you got to get your basic education in. And then along the way, the system itself has to recognize, you know, there's going to be some really gifted uh, students along the way, you know, gifted in athletics. Like we recognize that pretty well now. Um, but there's gifted in, gifted in, in many other things. Uh, that, that we talk about, and so the system can work if we all work together. But we have to get our kids in the basics, and to get them the basics, we have to make school something that they get up in the morning and want to go to. And we need to have the school system simply because parents need to have a place where their kids are safe so they can go to work. And uh, that's you know with with COVID, everybody is, you know working from home. We managed to make it work, which is, is um, you know, three cheers for the United States, how we're able to adapt to a, a very difficult situation and able to make the system work all the way through. But now we're coming out of COVID. Um, we need to get the kids back in school. They need to, to be socializing with, with other children. They need to, uh, you know, do things that, that kids do and, and, um, and together and socialize and, and uh, form community, or, you know, be in community organizations. That's all coming back, but we've got to make it work. And the, the thing, the one thing that gets kids to school is a good meal. I mean, there's no question about it. You know, good food is, is certainly something that will bring the kids uh, back and, and it should be, this, you know, something that, that we, we concentrate on. But, the government has to work together to make these things happen. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, I, a real quick story, uh, speaking of getting uh, people to school with food, uh, this is a long time ago, but, uh, you know, there was a PTA meeting, and the only people that showed up to the PTA meeting was myself, my wife, and there was another parent, uh, another, uh, there was a single mom. So three adults showed up to a PTA meeting. And, you know, one of the problems was is that they're having a PTA meeting at 6 o'clock at night. 
you know, you're, 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 you're juggling, getting off work, getting food on the table, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, I, I, I expressed to uh, the PTA leadership that, uh, you know, at the next PTA meeting, I'll, I'll be in charge and, and we'll, you know, we'll get a bunch of food donated, pizza is what I was thinking, and, and, and that'll take the burden off the teachers, I mean, not the teachers, the parents, and, and they'll show up. And, and sure enough, uh, to your point, uh, we got a bunch of pizzas donated, we got Coca-Cola to donate a bunch of drinks, and it was standing room only for the first time ever in the history of this school for a PTA meeting. And so not only does that work for students, it works for parents because, again, when your, your time is so tight and you're trying to juggle all these balls, something as simple as having a, you know, a decent meal takes that, just takes that one thing off your, off your back. And you can think, okay, hey, I don't have to worry about food. I can just worry about getting my kids to a safe school, you know, and they're going to get something, right? So it works not only for our students, but it also works for our parents. I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) Yeah, and and that's that's key. And, you know, in the next uh, generation of technology, you know, I saw on the news last night that Texas now leads the nation in uh, alternative energy sources, wind and, and solar. Wow. And they're retraining all of the uh, oil rig um, personnel to uh, build um, wind and, and solar power um, energy sources and to service them. So it's a transition, and, you know, that will go on for a very long time. But one thing, Texas has a lot of land, and uh, so they're, they're putting up these alternative energy sources and moving on to the next generation of energy. So we're... We're on our way to to having people that you know they, they, you don't need a college education to put up uh, solar panels uh, or uh, windmills. So, you, but right. but it, they these jobs pay you know as good as or better than the the jobs uh, on an oil rig. It's a lot safer, um, and they're able to to to, to keep people working. Um, where they don't have to go to college to have these educations, they're trained in their job to get it done. So we, it's it, it's a system that's starting to work. Um, we need to now put uh, on Eisenhower's interstate. We need to put on supercharging stations. And so yes. this is this is the next step. And hopefully, in this bill, the uh, government will recognize this and incentivize. Uh, these gas station owners to put in um, um, supercharging stations, which is, is is a really simple thing to do. You know, give them um, uh, 100% uh, write-off depreciation in the first year for building it and give them 25% uh, uh, of their income tax-free from uh, the sale of the uh, electrical energy. And they can put it in place. They don't need the utility they, every, one thing we have in this country is we have a tremendous system for transportation of natural gas. You can send natural gas from Texas uh, to California for pennies for transportation, yes. for pennies. And so if you have a generator uh, at your um, gas station in um, California, and uh, that generator, because you don't have solar yet, can run on natural gas. 
you don't need the utility except to pay them the transportation cost. And that generator can then generate on the spot um, uh, electrical energy for the cars. So it's it's not uh, the end because, you, you know, ultimately you want um, solar for solar, but it's a beginning. And the, the most important thing is to get the vehicles off the road that are, are combustion engine vehicles. And that, and, and we can do that. I mean, and it seems like we're, we're working towards that. The government has to come in and do what they did during Eisenhower's term and thereafter and now, and that's build a supercharging station uh, other than just Tesla supercharging stations. You need to be able to, to, to in 30 minutes, fill up your uh, your battery with uh, electricity so you can continue on your way. Right. And, you know, what? what's interesting to me, too, if, uh, and I, I have to imagine that the uh, automakers are having these discussions, but if I was an automaker, Chevy, Ford, Chrysler, you know, I know that they all have a, uh, what do you call it, an electric car or two, uh, so, you know, but but obviously they have to be they have to see where the future is, and you think that they would start figuring out or start, you know, doing exactly what you're talking about. They're 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 already they already have a, for lack of better terms, a hotline into the White House. These guys employ tens of thousands of people. You know, they, they have lobbyists. They have all sorts of connections that the average person like you and I don't have. They could certainly contact their representative and say, hey, we're going to start doing this, these supercharging stations, and we want this, that, and the other thing. And I, I would think that the White House would sign that immediately because it is the wave of the future. We have, you know, first of all, I think uh, uh, we call it the governor there in, in California said, hey, we want to make 90% of the cars in California electric by I forgot what date. Yeah. Um and then some other some other governors are doing the same thing. So you know, this is an exciting time. Not only does is it going to create a bunch of jobs, not only is it going to create safer jobs, but I get excited about getting off of foreign oil dependency. And, and with a bunch of electric cars, we can completely, for lack of better terms, not to be crass, give the finger to the OPEC nations because. Uh, these guys, we've made them a lot of money, and there's, and again, this is my opinion. I, I believe that some of that money that that they make from the U.S. is is given to a terrorist organization, and, and we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But bottom line, to be able to get completely off foreign oil is exciting to me. Yeah, I think it, it not only foreign oil, but all oil. I think will will just be natural gas. The key thing is is to wean our, um, the electric electrical source from the utility and have it direct with generators like Chevron and Shell and and Arco. All these uh, big oil companies, uh, they can create their own generating system through use of their natural gas, and they got plenty of it. Um, and so they could still sell it, but the the cost of electricity, if you run through your utility, as I have an electric car, is is over the top. Um, you know, I'm fortunately in, at my office I have a, a solar power, so I I don't I can get, uh, 
charge my car on my own solar power there, but my wife's electric car charges at home, and until we got solar power, it was it was fairly expensive um, with the utilities. So we need these supercharging stations to compete with the utilities for um, recharging, and I yeah. think they will. And so it, it's a whole new industry, and until we can get the ultimate source to be uh, solar and wind, which is reusable, uh, natural gas is going to be around for a while, and so will these generators. They're going to have to build an awful lot of generators at at these uh, locations, and it's going to be wonderful uh, for, for uh, con- construction boom in this country and, and building these generators. I just tried to get a natural gas generator for my house, and it's a you know seven-month wait. So wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. that's that's another booming industry that that's going to take off, and so there's a lot of good things that happen, but it starts with the kids, and yeah, uh, that that's where the focus has to be, to have the kids just like you had the, the pizza, to have an incentive to come there and be in school, and then they'll learn by accident. Is <laughs> the way I put it. <laughs> Well, you know what's so funny? Even though, even though what you said just now is funny, but but that that is true because what happens is, um, you know, for a lot of us, we're not 100% sure which way we want to go in life, and if you get around and and or get exposed, for uh, lack of better terms, to different technologies, different career opportunities, you get to get your, you know, you get to. Uh, for lack of better terms, maybe play in the sandbox, and then you can say, wow, I really like this. And, and so you discover it by accident, to, you know, kind of to your point. You, you make, and, and I had a friend of mine. That's exactly what he did. He was completely lost. Him and I went to college together, and, and he was – I don't know why I didn't do this, but anyway, he was smart enough to go to the counselor and say, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing here at, at school. Uh, and, and the counselor looked up and said, hey, you have this, you have this uh, very high – um, uh, math uh, quotient or, or, or whatever, and, and you ought to consider getting into um, computer science. And that resonated with him. So he did get a computer science degree, went on to work for Microsoft, and four years after Microsoft, he's he's got a couple of million dollars in the bank. Yeah. And, and so and all by accident. At, yeah, look at Bill Gates. He was in – the founder of Microsoft, he was at Harvard, and it was boring for him. He left and started his own company and became Microsoft. <laughs> so that that gives you an idea. But the, the the point was is that he had the exposure through uh, school to um, want to. So he saw it, and, and he had his aha moment. And said, "This is something right. I want to do," and took it from there. You need the aha moment. And we need to give that to all our kids to make sure that they all have that opportunity. And if we have our safety nets where, hey, it's going to be easy to know if we, if we have an issue when the kid doesn't show up at school, then we put the, the social safety net involved and, and you know, and go to the, the, the house and say, you know, what can we do to help? We're yes. here to help. And, you know, it's, it's not a question. There's no punishment or anything. How do we make it better for the people that, that need a little extra help? And there's going to be people. Everybody's not the same. But it, we all have to get on the same page. We've got to stop with, you know, fighting back and forth between Democrats and Republicans and get on the same page and all just work towards a better future for our kids, starting with 
making a future, the kids having that education they need from preschool through high school to make sure that then they can make their decision of where they want to go from there. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what, and, and I'm going to plug uh, one of my favorite charities. It's called After School All-Stars, afterschoolallstars.org. And After School All-Stars was uh, created and initially funded by the governor himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I believe they're up to about 25 chapters nationwide. It's an after-school program. They supply uh, a safe environment. They do, interestingly enough, uh, to your point, supply foods. Uh, they, they have uh, teachers there to help kids uh, – uh, what do you call it, with their, with their uh, homework and things of that nature. And, and the program is simply for those individual kids who, instead of going home and being latchkey latch kids, that's, uh, you know, uh, or, or being at home by themselves and, and possibly getting into trouble, they have a safe place to go. They can get food. They can get some uh, help with their homework. So if you know of somebody that – you know, that needs this type of after-school program, go, go to afterschoolallstars.org, check them out. It might be, uh, they might be in your city or working with your school already. And, and it's those kinds of programs that give our kids that added uh, support. Uh, you know, now more than ever, we have tons of single parents, not only single parents, but these are single parents who are working. So, you know, when you are working 40, 50 hours a week, and it's, again, not having to worry about your kids being at home by themselves is a great relief. It's a great blessing to be able to do that. So, uh, and, you know, again, one of the things that I, I do appreciate about uh, Schwarzenegger, he's a, he's a pretty big Republican, but he, he likes to separate uh, – you know, he, he's almost a Democrat in, in some cases, right? Because, he, you know, he has spoken quite, uh, quite a bit about the environment. So he's, he's for protecting the environment. He's also uh, pro-education and, and, and getting uh, monies to, to help our children in that sense. Uh, and he has uh, said many times that education should not be a political thing. It shouldn't matter whether you're uh, – a Democrat or a Republican, you know, it doesn't, you know, those things should not come into play when it comes to our children's education. And I wholeheartedly agree. I don't know. I don't know when it became a political thing to educate our children, but we need, we need to stop that back to, again, back to how you started the show. We got to stop that bickering and just focus on helping the kids. Right. And you know, the beauty of it is we have the physical structure because we have the schools already we just need another crew to come in and uh, work, you know, volunteer work if, if necessary, the after-school program. It's just keep the school open uh, for those that, that um, you know, don't have the environment at home because of working parents uh, that can stay there. It's an easy thing. You serve some food. You like it's, it all starts with the food. And, uh, you know, it really does. And uh, I bet there would be a lot of people there want to learn how to cook, too. So there's... There's other parts too that are successful because we're all going to need to eat and we're going to need to have good food and good nutrition and and you know the the it's got to be good you got to have that good hot lunch and um, you know you got to have the, the get them in the morning you know, with some breakfast and some milk and cereal and and you know granolas and and whatever you need 
to keep them there and maybe something hot, you know, some soup in the afternoon. But that's the idea. And, and yeah. you start there, and you start there with with a unified front. And just because the Democrats are for this doesn't mean the Republicans should be against it. That's that's my gripe. And I never understood why uh, Trump, when he was president, was against masks. I never understood it. Uh, just because the Democrats were for it, and the and the scientists said it would work, uh, he had to be against it, and it cost. Uh, millions and millions of people's lives and it created an adversary system we should have all been on the same page that we are now a long time ago and instead of having 600,000 people dying for, uh, from U.S. people dying in this country it would be a lot less if we would have been on the same page from day one and that's uh, uh, the best example I can give of why we all need to be on the same page in this country Absolutely. Norm Blumenthal, thank you so much for stopping by. Always, always a pleasure to have you here. Looking forward to having you back very soon. Okay, Bert. You too. All the best. Take care. Good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal. If you want to find out more about Norm Blumenthal and his team, you can go to BAMLawCA.com. That's BAM, as in Bravo Alpha Mary, BAMLawCA.com. And uh, Norm would be glad to uh, chat with you or point you in the right direction if you need some assistance. Um, and, and it's, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's uh, up to us. That's the great thing about it. It's, it is literally up to us to shape our future for not ourselves, not only for ourselves, but for our children. And helping our children to uh, find out what's best for them. What are they really interested in? What are their skill sets? teaching them how to set and reach goals, teaching them how to uh, deal with obstacles and disappointment and even losing. Uh, we tend to get stronger, better, smarter after we've had some losses in our lives. Anyway, my friends, thank you so much for stopping by. As always, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping us out so much by sharing these episodes, by your comments, uh, we cannot do this without you. So please hit the like button. Please hit the share button. And let's help as many people as we can. Remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.